Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. I feel awkward. This is a visual podcast. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. I don't like it one bit. I'm already turning red. I'm already embarrassed by cameras being here. I don't like this. This is the way of the world, though. And we will adapt. We will change. We've been here for six years without these dumb things. Like... <laughs> I don't know. We've done it just fine. People are going to learn how awkward and fidgety I am with the levels and just making sure everything's not shutting off because this very pristine studio always maintains everything and We're everything just trashing never, nothing Jeremy. ever changes. Sorry, Jeremy. We hey, the sun schedule you. came out, buddy. Should we talk about that? Yeah. We haven't podcasted for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to do basically a... What we've been doing basically is waiting for Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell trades to happen so we can finally sort of say this is the Western Conference this is the NBA and do our off-season recap so we've done absolutely nothing and then click eject (laughs) for this quote-unquote season or whatever but we've taken like these two sort of mini breaks and we're going to take a third one after next week because next week we're going to officially say okay whatever there's no trade and then if there is a trade worth talking about like if Donovan Mitchell gets dealt to a Western Conference team or if Kevin Durant gets dealt to a Western Conference team Kevin Durant trade in general I think we'll come back but until then we won't come back until media day probably the week of media day which is the last week of september so we got a couple of housekeeping items to get to i was thinking of the term the whole time and now that i started to talk i kept calling it cleanup, cleanup for time. whatever it's it's housekeeping that's there that's the go. phrase we got two two-way guys to talk about we got monty's contract extension to talk about we got something else we probably forgot to talk about that we're going to forget to talk about we got the schedule though so we should talk about that what do you think of the schedule? <laughs> That's a horrible setup. Dude. So uh, the schedule is out. You can read into the schedule however you would like. It is not something, in my opinion, worth reading a ton into. But with that being said, you can pick out little certain trends here and there. That's what I did on ArizonaSports.com. You can go read it. I'm going to basically talk about what I wrote about. Do both, maybe. Listen to it while reading it. That that would be weird, but I, I, I would dig it, I guess. It would help us out a little bit. What do you think of the schedule? Um... Front, beginning what? Six, seven, eight games. Great competition against West teams. We're going to find out things quickly. But then again, if they started slow like they have a few times, maybe it's not. But it's going to set things up quickly for panic and that sort of thing. So <laughs> we'll be right back into it. Um, but honestly, like you look at like what schedule makers want and need in their lives. I think there's only one schedule maker. His life... Oh, it's got to be like a panel of people. That's too I much for I one read man about to deal with. One. Really? Anyway, he probably gets help. I'm sure he gets help. I'll be, yeah, has to. Go read it. I read it somewhere. You can Google search me and fact check me. Anyway. See what I'm doing with the microphone? Like the people watching are like, are like, what is he doing? Like the mic's <laughs> perfectly fine where it was and I'm already just kind of not sure we're the best for visual podcasts. Anyway, <sighs> I think one notable was Brooklyn's in the back half of the schedule. There's one in January, one in February, um, and I believe... Luke noted it as four days after DeAndre Aiden can be traded, and then one of them is like right after the trade deadline. It'll be January 9th, yeah. I think, is what Bobby Marks said. Okay. Ooh. So, 
it's they obviously didn't want to burn all the Brooklyn games early. Got to let that narrative heat up once again in case it goes cold. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my takeaways. I, I don't really get into the back-to-backs or miles traveled. I don't care. It's probably a grind for the team with the best schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when we just look ahead to this year, it's top of the West to a lot of fun teams. Yeah, I've talked about the travel thing a couple of times, especially in the last like two years, because when you do cover the team just about every day, not traveling with them, of course, like I, uh, Dwayne Rankin is the only person that does that for Insanity. the Suns right now. And it's every just know how much work that is for anyone. I know it's a dream job, but at the same time, Dwayne is leaving Miami at 2 a.m. to fly to New Orleans and then getting like three hours of sleep before a shoot around or something and then going not and the good the leaving Miami or at landing like either. two hours before a game starts or something like that. It's crazy work that they do. So I've been able to get a perspective a little bit more on just how daunting traveling can be. So to me, the one big takeaway that I had, I had a couple of different ones, but if there's a big one, it's that they have 12 of their first 19 at home and the seven that are away from them. Only four of those games are on like a real road trip. It's a real road trip. It takes them from Phoenix all the way to Philly and then they go to Minnesota. So then that's the other thing is like you just read like Philadelphia, Minnesota, <laughs> Orlando. But if you think about it, like actually zoom out and like look at a map and you go like, okay, they're going all the way to Philly and they go up here to Minnesota and then they go all the way down to Florida and then they like, that's a lot. That's a lot of travel. So they're dealing with that in early November. But besides that, their first road trip of the game, quote unquote, is, is two is two days um, or sorry, it's four days. They go up to Portland, have a day off, go down to L.A. Then they come back to Phoenix and then they just have a one game trip in Utah after that four game road trip. So. They're going to get a ton of time at home and you guys might think I'm going like sleeping in your own bed, all that kind of stuff. Like obviously that helps, but just getting practices in their own facility. I really noticed specifically in like the last year or two because of the way the schedule was so compact, they really, Monty especially, just really valued getting one practice like during the season. It would be like a three-week stretch, and he would be like, this is the first time we've practiced since yeah. three weeks ago. And they're going to have plenty of time to practice in there. There aren't really any sort of jammed-in dates. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's only two back-to-backs, and both of them are at home. Those road trips do not include any of the back-to-backs, and they're against Portland twice and then Detroit and Utah. So you're not really getting slammed by great opposition over that stretch in terms of just intrigue and and being fascinated by it and like circling dates or whatever i just circle the start because five of their first seven games are against premium western conference competition i don't think this is entirely likely i'm probably being mean to a team like denver for example but i could very well see it being phoenix dallas the clippers the warriors the pelicans and the timberwolves as the six automatic berths in, in the Western Conference. I, I wouldn't pick that, to be clear. But that could be something that unfolds, and we could see the, the Suns play those other five teams. Of course, they open, start the year with Dallas. They play at L.A., then they play at home against the Warriors and the Pelicans. They get one against Houston, but then they play against Minnesota. So five of those first seven are against teams that I have questions about, and I really want to see... Sometimes I watch preseason games just to see, like, okay, how are they using Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert? Oh, yeah. Like, I just want to see how it looks offensively. And then the next, I'll watch another game and be like, I'm just going to watch them on defense now the whole time. Like, really pay attention to them defensively. This is how much of a nutcase I am, of course. Um, 
Warriors, their offseason kind of spoke to we're ready for at least one of Kaminga or Moody or Wiseman to be ready to contribute right now in a way beyond what they did last year, which was filling gaps here and there when guys were injured, step up for six weeks here and they're like, no, for an entire year and then the playoffs, you're going to be a contributor to at least one of those guys. New Orleans speaks for itself with Zion. I think every Suns fan has a lot of stock in the Pelicans. Like if you really watched that game closely, so for people like us as just observers too, took in a ton of Pelicans stock and like really bought high for them in the future. We're going to get to see how it looks with Zion, assumingly, fingers crossed. Like I love watching no Zion idea. Williamson play basketball. We don't know yet. We'll see. The Clippers, I think that Joe, we'll get to this more next week when we review off seasons and look at who the biggest winners are. I think John Wall is one of the most underrated players of the 2010s that decade. Now, Kevin, it was only like three years where he was awesome because he's dealt with injuries. He had to kind of get started in his career in the last like four or five years specifically for him have been brutal. But he was just one of the best playmakers in the in basketball. And we talk about all the time, Kevin, for this team specifically ever since five years ago, the value of having guys on the ball that can make a couple dribbles and make something happen. They've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You don't need much more after that. But then you add John Wall, who, again, from a passing perspective, I think people are going to watch him and be really surprised and for and remember quickly Optimus Dime, which I called the best nickname in the league. I still stand by that. Okay, they they and they've said Doc said or sorry not Doc, uh, Teron Lou said to clutch uh, clutch points. I believe he said it's an open competition between Reggie and John Wall. So that speaks already to how highly they think of John Wall already because Reggie Jackson is really darn good. Uh, and then Dallas, that's that's an easy one again. How does it look without Jalen Brunson? But how do things change with a role man like Christian Wood? I think you and I and and just basketball fans in general. We're always talking about guys like Rashawn Holmes and just like how would Luca look with like a dynamic dive man? That's Christian no Wood. offense, Dwight. Well, he means no, offense. no, no offense Dwight to Powell. Dwight Powell, but it, you can take offense <laughs> to that certainly. But Christian Wood is dynamic in that role, and then he's got a lot more to his game beyond that. I got a lot of heat for tweeting in a certain way about that acquisition, but I think that like defensively, there's something to be salvaged there. Again, with patterns from Suns teams five six years ago, I'm not willing to completely sell on a player defensively just because they were terrible defensively on terrible defensive teams and and we'll see how he looks there but those are like basketball angles within five of the first seven where i'm kind of and look houston and portland it's like portland okay like dame and the other guys do they have five or six other guys if they have six other guys they can make a little bit of noise houston more young talent you want to see how jabari smith looks you want to see if jalen green like is he just going to be an all-star in his second year he could be the nba's fun i really enjoy it you got going, man. Um, I I think when we take it back to the front half, not half, front ten or so games, um, it'll be interesting to see how the Suns handle that because all those teams, like you mentioned, have these like very new but important pieces coming back, and the Suns might just make them look bad where it's not going to be absolutely telling of how those teams eventually fit those guys in. So that's an asterisk but an advantage for the suns like you want to get good teams out of the way if those good teams are trying to jam in a completely new important piece i guess is one way to say it and all those teams kind of are doing that and none of them are very clean like the rudy carl anthony towns thing you mentioned is obvious how does cat just he's gonna have to change his role completely i think um, is he just going to take like 10 threes again? John Wall, yeah. I think, will slot in pretty quick, honestly. Yes. Because yeah. that team's just going to bomb away and he doesn't need to shoot. He's just going to drive and kick. He's the best drive and kick guy. I don't know. Is Westbrook maybe up there with him? But just because of that, his athleticism, 
Um, but yeah, then you go into those other teams and there's just a lot of question marks. So I think they're going to be in a good place where you want to play those teams early. That's a good way of thinking about it too, where continuity helps them out. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Everyone was mad. Everyone's like, sons didn't go get KD, but also, Hey, remember continuity is important. That's why we're here talking about the team. And- it's such a like, Hey, that's a good thing kind of thing. And then you just don't talk about it ever again, but everyone's being so extremely either positive about it or extremely uh, negative about it which people basketball opinions like that what <laughs> i would never the other thing that i should mention before we get off the schedule is the last two years with how the schedule got compacted and there were shorter off seasons but also just it was a lot of taxing little stretches where it's like 15 games in this many days like how does that make sense the suns were excellent when they were able to play a schedule where it was essentially game day off game day off game day off game and like sometimes there were back-to-backs in there but avoiding stretches where they had two days off without a game or three days off without a game they seem to thrive on that i I, like a psychopath i went through and found those stretches from last year and i believe it was 39 and 7 when i combined the four biggest stretches of course you guys will remember the 18 game winning streak they won 14 straight in that winning streak where they didn't have more than two days off in a row consecutively and they have one of those stretches again. I believe it is from late November through the new year. So to the start of 2023, it's 15 games. And they, the, a couple of the guys, I remember JaVale said something. I think Mikel did, and then which is not surprising for Mikel, who plays a million minutes. Um, did they just like kind of prefer the, that rhythm? Now, would they prefer is wrong word? They like that rhythm. Would they like to have three days off every now and then? Yes, of course, for their body. Especially bodies. this team where they are going i think they need to take that a little more seriously but yeah and and that's one element we didn't really talk about so anyway keep an eye on that so that's late november so we're talking about how you're saying yeah they play really good teams right away people might panic if they're three and four two and five or whatever i don't think that's really going to happen then they got that tough four game uh, road trip but then after that there's like that late november stretch so look if we see something where these guys are 10 and six or whatever or eight and eight again i think that opportunity in like late november through the new year will really help them that's something i didn't mention and we didn't talk about in any of the writing is looking at opportunities to rest guys like that portland back-to-back for example that's only 10 games into the year but is that a time where you will sit chris paul we'll talk about it more next week but they didn't necessarily make any moves to <laughs> address that yet, which we will get to uh, next week and, and save that fun uh, for for next week. There's a really uh, tough, thir- the toughest stretch is 13 games uh, from late December to like mid-January. They play Memphis three times. They play Denver twice. They play Cleveland twice. There's also a game against Toronto in there, Miami, Golden State. I think the Knicks are going to be kind of okay. I was willing to include yeah. them outside of the Wizards group, which is like, this is a bad team in the middle of the stretch. Uh, ten of those are on the road. That's that's their biggest stretch of road games for the year. So those are co- kind of little, just kind of spotlight these, and we will bring up these points again like throughout the year. Like when we're four or five games in, we'll be like, remember when we talked about it? I don't remember when we talked about it. We're going to be able to reference it. This isn't just useless nonsense we're yammering about. You got anything else on the schedule? Anything else jump out to you? I'm over it. I'm I'm excited. I know when I'm working, I guess. Congrats to you. You know when you're working. Congrats to your Christmas day. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I wish it was um is is the Cardinals game here? I 
believe so. Jer- Jeremy video video man Thank video you for extraordinaire being here. Jeremy yeah. Twitter nemesis Jeremy um, <laughs> is nodding along. So the Cardinals are home, Suns are away, Suns are in Denver. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was it is home. in Denver. That's, yeah, that stinks, man. It's it, and it's like an hour and a half apart, right? Because last year you were able to essentially, I believe, Dra- go you could drive to the Suns town. game, yeah. and then you were able to go to the Cardinals game. They're like an hour and a half separated now, so that doesn't really make sense. Who do the Cardinals play again? Cowboys? The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. <laughs> Having a third person, Jeremy should just be like the, <laughs> just our, be our, our version of Tony. Here. Yeah, Tony Reale, the stat boy, old school PTI. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we would need Jeremy. We would find a better name for you than stat boy, too. That's far too demeaning for a man of Jeremy's talents. Okay, cleanup time. Ready? Clean up time. Is there a song? Housekeeping, not clean up. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) I'm over it. Couple of things we didn't get to talk about. Hey, they extended Monty Williams. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would have done the same. Several years is how Woj phrased it. We don't know the date, so I would guess because he had two years left. So he had this season and then the season after that left on the five-year deal that he got. Several. I would say several is more than a few. Would you gauge that? So would you sure. guess four more years? I think Five four is fair years? for any extension. But Four more years. So that would take him to 2028. He might be signed through like 2030, man. Like he's, we don't need to talk about it. He's who should be signed longer, piece. him or Cliff Kingsbury? Oh. <laughs> Bro, I'm in such a good mood. I got to think about basketball for a bit and I just, <sighs> Mercury played tonight. That'll be exciting. It, it sucks that their best players are missing, yeah. all, all three of them. One being detained in Russia, two. One gone from the team for personal reasons. No one knows what's going on. She deactivated her Twitter. Skylar Diggins-Smith and Diana Trossi's hurt. Quad. And they're playing the favorites the for the title, team. which is tough. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm excited to watch okay, that scrap, game tonight. The, scrappy, Aces, scrappy. the Aces have some ballers on their team, and that's a capital B on ballers. They're, they got some players. Yeah. The more kind of where we can kind of dive in a little bit more is the two-way signings. We ranted for a while after the draft. I stand by yeah. those remarks that we made for sure. But with that in mind, they did pretty well for their two-way spots. Ish is back. Ish Wainwright is back on a two-way deal. Kind of interesting how it um, how it all went down. Like It took a couple of weeks, and it just kind of seemed like if you really thought about it and spent like more than two seconds on it, you're like, it seems like there's just like a consensus here and they're just waiting for whatever reason and theories and you you can have theories you can wait but ish was a no-brainer to bring back and and in my opinion he just deserved a guaranteed contract yes did not get one is what it is uh but they are able to bring him back on the two-way this is the last year they can do it so for two ways if you're curious on the rules once you pass your third year of experience in the league, so you go into your fourth year in the league, you cannot be signed to a two-way. You can only sign a two-way with the same team twice. So this is Ish's second year. Now, he could sign a two-way with another team next year because that would be his third year in the league. But I don't think Ish is going to get that far. I think he's going to be on a guaranteed deal uh, by the end of next year because just watching him in summer league, just dude's a worker. He's getting much better already in a, in a really short amount of time, uh, to be honest. So great to see him back. And, th- and that's someone where... If they make trades, which I still assume they're going to make trades, I, I, did, I don't know when I'm allowed to like not think that they're going to make <laughs> trades still, but I still think they're going to make a trade. If they need their seventh wing to step up, I wonder why they have so many wings, Kevin. That's weird. So they've got Crowder, Bridges, Johnson, Craig, Lee, Okoji. Now, 
wing is taking liberals. I'm taking liberties with that for sure because Craig is like a four five. Crowder is a four five. Uh, Johnson is a three four. Bridges is a two three. Akoji and Lee are more of two threes, but those guys can play two three four essentially. Ish is the seventh guy. Uh, I don't see how he's going to play if this roster stays like this. I don't think it's going to. Um, but he is someone who. Do you think it, I am too high on Ish to believe he could be the fourth wing in the rotation on a, on a on a really good team right now? Because I think he could be. No, and I think though that no no isn't. I'm not being too high. You're not being too high. Okay. I think though the way they looked at it is if you really look engage the market. He was probably trying to hold out to get a guaranteed deal, which he should, like you said. But I absolutely believe, especially when we have potential trades um, that are still hovering, um, if you get the wing rotation dude, whether he's your fourth or fifth or sixth wing, whatever, if you get him on a two-way deal, don't take a roster spot. You don't have to figure this out right now you can convert it anytime right so to a to a guaranteed roster spot minimum so to me they're basically like we're keeping that flexibility if we offload a bunch of guys to for a star well who could that be um then ish wainwright's still locked in and then we can convert him when he becomes that fourth wing or something so i think like when you gauge the rest of the market for Ish Wainwright, I guess it wasn't there maybe, or a good situation wasn't, a minimum guarantee deal wasn't. So they they have kind of set it up smartly where it's it's kind of like that. My analogy is if the Cardinals like like four running backs and they want to put one guy in the practice squad and they want to make sure he clears waivers, like you might pick the guy who no other team wants to release and then he clears waivers because no other team's thinking about him that hard and then you just bring him back so i think that's kind of the same thought with ish is like he's more valuable to us and we can get away with stashing him on a two-way two-way deal which like looks cheap doesn't you know really reward him as much but um if, if they weren't trying to trade for kevin durant supposedly then i think he might have just been on a guaranteed deal but it does signal kind of like yeah, I there's agree. something else, or at least we want that 15th roster spot open. Still open, yeah. Uh, there aren't many teams in the league right now. I would be curious. I think next week I, w- I, w- I want to do that when we're going through the teams and look. Is there a team that would get to their fifth wing spot and not be screwed immediately? Because the Suns won't be. That'll either be Damian Lee or Koji or Wainwright, depending on who gets hurt, where it is, and stuff. But that's the thing. If they have one of their wings get hurt if this is the current alignment of the roster and Clippers it sticks. might be fun. Like if Jay gets hurt, Crowder can just, or Johnson can just slip into the starting lineup and then you can, if you want to go smaller, you can play Damian Lee. If you want to play bigger, you can play Ish. And if you want to just go more straight defense of those three, you can go Akoji. Like you actually have three different options to pick from that are all suitable. Now I'm not saying that either of those guys, I, I don't think Lee and Akoji are on, I would have Ish ahead of them just in terms of looking at them like as an actual fourth wing on a really good team but they have options that are nba caliber players and i don't think many teams from two to five toronto does because toronto has just wings like they have fred van bleed and 14 wings (laughs) that's that's their roster basically uh shout out to their one center though christian coloco starting center for the toronto raptors i'm speaking in guard wings let's go 
that, that's exciting. That's exciting that Ish is back. Um, for me personally, just because getting to interact with him every day always says, hey, how you guys doing when we walk by him in the in the gym is just a very nice person from our interactions. And it's also, for me as the, the basketball cover person, I love watching guys who get better. It's one of the reasons why I love watching Devin Booker every year because he just gets better every year. And Ish is... You see the footwork on those threes at summer league, and you're like, man. Even from like the Clippers game, when we saw some of that movement stuff, already like you're you're still getting better at this, and that's that's a. I don't think people understand how hard that is to do. Maybe Suns fans do watching Drakkar and Marquise Chris and Tyler Eulis and on and on and on, but it's a hard thing to do. Uh, and and he's done it. Dwayne Washington Jr. took the other two way spot. Uh, undrafted, I believe, went to Indiana last year. Um, played at gosh, where did he play in college again? Was he Ohio State? I think he, he was, was Ohio, Ohio State. State. He was a Buckeye. You you are you are correct in that. We're both checking from the same Mich- from the Michigan at the same time. Oh, Is he just... from the Devin Booker regions of Michigan? I don't even know. Yeah, he's from Grand Rapids. Okay. Uh, his dad. It sounded more like De- Devin kind of knew his father, and he said he's been watching Dwayne Washington Jr. since he, since Dwayne Washington Jr. was like eight years old. I think there's a bit of an age gap there, just a little bit, and we all know that Book like acts twenty years older than he actually can. We is, so did this has nothing to do with anything, but Skylar Diggins Smith had this picture of like Jaden Ivy when he was like ten years old oh, playing basketball with her. Oh, those are so good. There's a video of him Indiana. like be doing uh, a dance at like some pep rally for their team one year, like. Oh my god! The All basketball my, connections are weird across age groups in that way. Anyway, yeah. continue. Like I have to, my closet is just full of Jaden Ivy stock, and it's to the point where like I had to like quickly close the door and jam everything in there in time with how much Jaden Ivy stock I have. It's this is where we could crazy. get a sponsored for like U-Haul. Give me a free air conditioned locker for my Jaden Ivy. Anyway, continue. That has nothing to do with anything. It's okay, buddy. I haven't podcasted in a while. Continue. It's been been a minute, buddy. (laughs) So Dwayne Washington Jr. is someone where you can look at his stats, both in college and in the pros, and just kind of be like, oh, shooter. He took four and a half threes a game last year, made 37% of them. And I believe at Ohio State, it was like over eight a game that he was taking or like seven and a half a game. You can look at him and just kind of pigeonhole him into that role. But then when you watch him, uh, speaking of basketball family, his uncle is Derek Fisher, according to Basketball Reference, some of the basketball connections there uh, in his world. But you watch Washington uh, on film a bit, and you see that there is scoring upside is the way that I'll phrase it. His percentage on two-pointers was was pretty brutal. It was uh, 43.4%. And you just kind of watch him and, and there are obvious athletic limitations is the way I'll phrase it because in terms of explosiveness around the rim, finishing at the rim, there's nothing really there that's too dynamic. Now, if he gets a couple of steps and he gets off two feet, like he can explode for sure. But just like the quick twitch kind of movements and getting really into the big when he finishes, that kind of stuff is, is, is a struggle uh, for him. But then you watch him kind of and he's got some really he's he's been playing like this his whole life. So he's got some like Cameron Payne. He's got like some really clever finishes around the rim that make up for that. Like he gets to his finger roll like really quickly. He does the campaign thing where he puts it off the glass really quickly, but in his own uh, different way, he's comfortable shooting off the dribble. That's the thing. He's not just a standstill shooter. Like he can take a couple of dribbles and go. Now the playmaking, seeing passes, that's where I'm like, okay, this is a a two way signing who was a rookie last year. I don't need to be too critical of him, but he is a point guard, but he is not someone who I would see being on the ball that much. You want him on the ball once the ball is down the court, 
and then you swing them around in motion. Okay, if the threes are great, if not, take a dribble and either shoot or make the right decision. And the point five element of his game, that's the big thing for me. As a scorer, the point five stuff is there. As a passer, I, I don't know, which is interesting because it's usually the other way around for this team. But if you can't tell already, like he's 22, there is serious intrigue here. And like a, I, I'm going to put it at like a 2 to 5% chance to be clear. But I think that there's a chance that this is a guy that could actually play for them. Like there is actually a reason to like look at him. There were times where they signed like Jared Harper, and, and here I am just taking shots at former Suns again. But some two way signings in the past, you'd be like, yeah, like he's not going to play. Like Dwayne Washington, considering what they need, especially for from a scoring like creation, he he can do some of that stuff. And and look, if he can defend the shooting and the and the defense and like a little bit of athleticism in terms of speed up and down the court. Um, could, could go a long way. So if you haven't really been paying attention or haven't really looked into him yet, like keep an eye on him in preseason, especially just to see how he assimilates and how he looks in point five stuff. I mean, I looked at this signing from a really, I mean, what shocked me was the basic, okay, who is this guy? Let's look up his stats. I know it's the Pacers last year he played for, but he played in 48 games. It's a good chunk. Average 20 minutes per game. He That's played. a good chunk. He played, yeah. And average 9.9 points. So if you're putting up 10 in 20 minutes as a bench player for the majority of a season, um, that's legit. The, you know, the, the percentages from shooting were pretty good, 38% or so. So to me, that just says, okay, he survived and he was at least appearing on scouting reports and just like that's... That's a legit NBA player. It's not a, a cheap, we have to fill a spot signing. It's a, it's a good move, I think. 85 assists, 57 turnovers, too. So that's the thing where it's like, okay, maybe the playmaking's not there, but he takes care of the ball. That's the TJ Warren thing. Like, TJ Warren never passed, but he yeah. never turned the ball over. Either his turnover lower numbers from those years are, like, historically low, considering how much he scored and how much he had the ball. I, I like him. I'm, I'm really excited to see him play and just kind of see... At the very least, I think we're going to get into this next week, but it it does worry me that we're just, it, we are, and I'm speaking in we now, I guess, but we're looking at this team going into September and just being like, campaign is the backup point guard. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's not even going to be a competition after how last year went, after how you had to like take him out while your season was falling apart. Like it's, it's, could be a competition between Shamit. It could be with Shamit, and maybe that maybe this kid gets in the mix. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, we'll get, again, we'll get more into that next week but alas uh we we are we are here that's pretty much it buddy uh there's really nothing else to hit on on the kevin durant front we could have kept podcasting every week and just told you hey there's nothing new on kevin durant but like just there's nothing new on kevin durant uh he met with the owner and said fire the guys and the owner was like no and then yeah and then mark stein reported that like some random executive or whoever he talked to who definitely has never talked has not talked to kevin durant this offseason at all like i'll put that at a minimum yeah. who said like there's some speculation as if to like he might consider retiring <laughs> ahead of like returning to camp or whatever like in terms of like wait uh, and it was messy and then it got aggregated and stein was like and then kevin durant tweeted about it and then stein was like actually this is what i said and the aggregators took it out of context and all that kind of stuff and it's like well uh, mark stein is excellent at what he does kevin you led your story with that like you know you you wrote about it like you you know what's gonna happen now aggregators have to be more responsible but you have to know that people are going to read that and say oh kevin durant might retire what 
and it's <laughs> I don't want to get do you have that. any do you have any random Charlotte Hornets assistant GM that you talk to on the side Kevin who has Kevin Durant takes or, or no no I don't okay. um, as you can which, tell which, I am deathly which, sick of this news cycle I cannot which executive actually thought Kevin Durant's gonna do that though. I, <sighs> like of all people to retire early I don't think it's gonna be that guy I'd be shocked yeah. if that guy was just like no I'll say a second time no shots intended at Mark Stein. I feel like I have to say no shots intended now every time I talk not even positively about someone. But He admitted he should have uh, phrased it better. Well, the intro, but also the grander context if you did read it was, yeah. Something's going to happen or it's not going to happen. I was actually like really geared up and wired for the first week or two of the Kevin Durant news cycle, but then after that I got to my DeAndre Ayton thing, which is like, hey, you guys can spend time speculating about signing trades every single day of this offseason, but I'm just going to wait and see if something happens or not. Nothing happened. Okay. Well, something happened, but it was nothing that happened. But it could be something. (laughs) And we'll talk about that next week. You guys will remember that we ended an episode about two months ago and kind of tiered the Suns into in the Western Conference and just kind of said, as it stands right now, before anything happens in the offseason, where do they stack up? We said that knowing that other teams might get better, might get worse, and the Suns might get better or might get worse, and we'll revisit that and kind of look at how the Western Conference changed and then kind of give our takes on where the Suns went right, where they went wrong this offseason. Uh, because they, they really didn't do much. They did a lot internally in terms of, hey, great, you brought back, you got Book his extension, you got DeAndre back, you got Monty his extension, but in terms of actual people coming in, new people, arrivals, departures, it wasn't really a big offseason at all for arrivals or departures. So we'll, we'll get into that next week, and I hope everyone got their good feeling of the schedule that we will probably never talk about again the rest of the year. <laughs> we talk about it for like three hours, really, really hard for three hours. What's crazy when you think about Kellen is when the season starts, we will actually be talking about the schedule every time we podcast. <sighs> you're, you're too We'll big, talk about the games that happened, That's some five and then we'll stuff, talk about the games upcoming. Yeah. Okay. So we can actually talk about the schedule a lot more. Nah, we don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> Down the road. That's okay. I feel much... I, could you tell I like felt much better once the cameras were gone? Yeah. I'm like slouching again now. <laughs> Maybe I was slouching before and I didn't I notice, was probably making weird faces with my... I don't know what I was doing with a mic, man. I was, yeah. I've never done that with the mics before in here. And then you can I just find started. out if you go to ArizonaSports.com and find this video that's I will not happen. be promoting any of this content. I will not be retweeting it or anything. Nothing. It'll be on... Uh, you and your beliefs to find that everyone should we leave yeah let's bob out hope dale and terry gets better i had to do some u of a thing there at the end like we normally do okay bye